Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me, Amber Wilson, at Amber W Sports. A heck of an NBA season. And this is when it gets real serious, Ian, this time of year. You saw even Jimmy Butler went full playoff Jimmy mode. So we are here. We are in that time of year. Let's bring in some help with the NBA conversation. Austin Rivers, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us. And Austin, the headlines today have been dominated actually by court storming in college basketball. We are going to ask you about that, but... First, I want to start with the NBA. Take a break from all of that for a moment here. The Warriors, there's a lot of mixed feelings out there about whether this team still has enough left in the tank to actually get something done and make a postseason and actually make a run in a postseason if they're able to make it. What are your thoughts on the Warriors? Can they have, do they have any championship window left? Well, you know, playoff window and championship window are two different things. Um, you know, it's hard to doubt them just due to their success in the past. You know, we're talking about a former dynasty here. Uh, we are at the end of that era. Maybe it is, you know, past the end. That's the question, right? Um, this is a very, you know, trusted team. It's, it's, it's hard to discount this team out. I mean, nobody thought they were going to win a championship a couple of years ago, and they put that run together. The difference is I thought they were more complete of a team. I think the departure of Jordan Poole has vastly hurt this team. I know last year was a bad year, but that happens sometimes. I, I, I felt sometimes, in my opinion, you know, there's no success or, or, or story without a little bit of failure, you know, a little bit of, you know, bumpy roads. And I thought the feelings and emotions just got too high last year. Obviously, the fight didn't, didn't, didn't help. And then the media on top of that and the back and forth on both sides, it just felt forced. And I thought Jordan was kind of chased up out of there, and, or not chased up out of there, but they, he was pushed out of there nonetheless. And I, you could see on both sides it's hurt. I don't, I don't like Jordan in D.C. either. I, I miss him playing on a contending team. He was a talented guy behind that 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 core, and he alleviated a lot of pressure. Kaminga's doing great, but his game is more traditional. Um, it's a different type of game. It's not a uh, catch and shoot type player. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's not quick moves with him. You know, it's it's more of a traditional type scoring, and not this ball movement warrior style, fast pace catch and shoot or one dribble you know, ball popping movement. That's just, that's just not what it is. So they're kind of balancing both. They have a weird dynamic of, are they trying to hold on and stay young or, you know, double down with the old team or they're, are they going to go young? It's, it's, it's complicated. They don't know what future they want. You know, Clay's been up and down. He's been playing pretty good as of late off the bench. He's two for three. Um, so we'll see. But I, in terms of championship contention right now, I, I, there's, there's been nothing this season to point that that's where they are. I think you throw the Lakers in there also, Austin. And it feels like most people are talking more about can LeBron win another one, can Steph win another one, when they're the 9 and 10 seeds right now, more so than Minnesota and OKC who are tied for the for the lead in the West. And then Denver now is looking like Denver again. Uh, so yep. why why is it that we talk – or not we, but so many more people are talking about LeBron and Steph versus the best teams that are out there and, and teams yep. that can really go win it? You know, there's, I think, a couple layers to that that question. I think the first is, I think you you guys would be able to agree with me on this. You know, recently we've been talking about who's the next star, yep. right? We've been, we've been trying to be like, who's the next face of the NBA? Is it Victor? Is it Ann? Is it Tatum? Tatum saying it's his degree. You know, we're having this discussion. Luca, you know, all these guys. SGA. And that's because we're still holding on to these three, right? And especially, and I'll point out the first two, it's LeBron and Steph. And then I'm throwing KD in there. You know, these three guys have held it down for us for so long, and they're still all three very good, even though they're all in their, you know, their late 30s, especially obviously Braun and even Kevin right behind them. 
these guys are all at the end of their primes, and they're still three of the best players in the NBA. And I think because of that, you know, two of those teams, the Lakers and Warriors, aren't doing so well, but we're so focused on where they are just because they are the faces still. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't really have that, that guy right now that's just above the rest. We have, a, you know, kind of an a equal group of talent. And, and when it comes to, the, you know, the Warriors versus a team like Minnesota or OKC, we have trust with the Warriors. We've seen them do it in the postseason. That's why, like, when the Kings had a, a higher seed and home court advantage versus them, uh, you know, a couple years ago, Everyone still had the Warriors winning that because we all felt when it got to the playoffs and experience came in, they would just beat teams. And I think that's the feeling right now with OKC and, and Minnesota is we got to see a post re, uh, postseason run first. We got to see you get past the first round. We got to see you beat down 2 1 and come back. We got to see that level of growth and maturity in the game and decision making, specifically towards the end of the game, to where we can just count on a guy like LeBron and Steph. Because, for instance, this year, the first year of the end season tournament, who went and just got that? LeBron. He turned it on. So the Lakers turned it on, and they just wouldn't beat anybody who was going to be in that. They just, they just wouldn't got it. What we haven't seen them is to be consistent all season. So that's the downfall, right? We're like, why can't they channel that energy more? But it's hard to just count them out in the playoffs because it's Stephen, and, you know, you got Stephen LeBron, man. It's just you can't count them out. These guys also, as they age, they get better and better about saving themselves just for a postseason. So I think it gets harder 100%. and harder to evaluate yeah. them during a regular season. Like fine you know? line. Absolutely. Great point. Yeah. Uh, Austin Rivers, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Austin, obviously, you're the son of a high-profile person in the sport. So I wanted to ask you about LeBron and his son, because in a 2024 NBA mock draft came out, Bronny isn't even on it altogether. So LeBron took to Twitter, X, whatever it's called today. He put out multiple tweets in support of his son saying, just let the kid enjoy and play college basketball. Obviously not happy that his son wasn't on this mock draft anymore and supporting his kid. What do you make of LeBron and sort of his public support of Bronny in that situation and and how hard it must be to be Bronny in that spot? I mean, this is kind of what happened with me a couple of weeks ago. That's what I said. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I had said something about, you know, Bronny having his own story in his own lane and letting him just enjoy the game. Don't take the joy away from him. We're putting so much pressure on wanting to see something. Yes, it'd be cool for us to see his son and his dad playing the same team and be drafted to it. But it's like, do we ever take a step back and, and you know, look at the differences between what we want or what we would we think would be cool versus what's actually good for that kid and his mental. Um, and I think LeBron is such a polarizing athlete. It's not his fault. You could see him as a father always coming to his family's defense. You could see him always caring about his kids, which I love that. And, you know, a lot of guys wouldn't take the Twitter and do that. He does that because he cares. So I, I admire that as a father from one father to another. Um, but he, at the end of the day, LeBron just, he can't help it that he is who he is. Um, you know, it would be like Cristiano Ronaldo's son, trying to make it, you know, that's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be like that overseas in Europe when his son is, is six, seven years away from, you know, or three, four years, away. I don't know what he is, like 13, 12, something like that. I'm sure he's going to go through it too, but America is a whole different type of media. And we know that. And it's just hard, you know, because every single step of the way, we're going to be looking at this guy uh, because his father is the most popular athlete we have in America. And it just, it is what it is. Uh, but I hope Bronny goes back if he needs to. If he's this, listen, if he's not going to get drafted, go back. Okay, so you have two. That's why you have year two, three, and four. Amen. We were so yep. caught up on like this one, one and done age. You don't have to be that. So glad you said that. Some of the that best often. players in the NBA yeah. went more than one year. Right. right. Tim Duncan didn't play for just one year in college. Right? Yeah, I mean, man. Listen, I, I, I went one and done. and I, I was a one and done, man. I went for six months. Damian Lillard went for a couple more years more than me. 
and, and guess what? He turned out to be one of the best point guards I ever played against in my life, and he's been one of the best point guards you know we've had in the past ten years. Like it don't matter what year or, or how many years you go. Draymond was a multiple year guy. I'll, I'll forget, Stephen Curry's about you know if we're going to talk about those names, I mean like we can go on and on. So Bronny could play two three years and develop into a pro. That, that's easy could happen. Let him just enjoy it. Amen. And he can make money now. He can make right. money while doing it. None of those guys could. Yeah, and if he goes back to college, he's only going to get paid millions. He's, he's the highest grossing athlete in college <laughs> sports this year. Let him go back. He's not doing it. Listen, Bronny's fine. He's, he's not hurting, man. He is not hurting, to say the Absolutely least. Absolutely not. He's, he's, he's carving his own niche, and he's doing his thing. And like, just let him keep thriving. Uh, as we before we turn you loose, we're going to get to phone calls on this at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. You're the pride. You are the pride of Duke. Uh, you are Duke Blue Devil, and it, just your full on uh, just overall opinion of court storming in general. Because I, I mentioned earlier, and Amber and I kind of disagreed a bit. But if this happens, we agreed on this part. If this happens during football season, we're, it's a mention and we're moving on. But because it's Duke and it's not in football season. This has become a massive story of Filipowski, one of the best players in college basketball, uh, running into a student uh, that, that runs onto the floor you know, after Wake beats Duke. Your, your thoughts on court storming in general on this particular incident? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I, I keep sitting on the fence about it. You know, you have a culture in history of this in, in all college sports, and if we're talking you know, specifically basketball, that's part of the gig, right? You know, the underdog wins, and a lot of time the crowd gets to storm the court. And historically, we haven't had too many issues with it. But, you know, times change. And college basketball is already changing. These kids are making millions now. So, it, it, so if it comes a business, if it's going to be a business, then why aren't we treating it like every other business, like the NBA or like the NFL? Because I promise you, if fans storm the court in the NBA, someone will get knocked out. It, I, it, it would just happen. And they, they do it with college because it's like a thing and it's a spirit and, you know, the, the alumni and the spirit of college sports and it's part of the history. And I'm for it too. I mean, storming the court seems really fun. Unfortunately, I was on the other end of that. I remember we lost the temple and these kids stormed the court in Philadelphia and it was kind of a, you know, a shit show, but we got out of there. Okay. The, the difference is, you know, listen, you have thousands of kids who are drunk coming from the stands, running on the court and you have highly emotional kids who just suffered an embarrassing loss. That's why it's called an upset, right? It's a bad combination. I'm not saying they should take it away. I'm saying we need to adjust some of the rules. Maybe they have a section, uh, the student section, where this is the only section that can kind of go into the court, you know, which would be plenty. It'd be hundreds. Uh, you could do a whole thing. You know, if you want to come in from this side, the whole arena can empty out, but it'd have to come from this one section. You'd have to come through this. You know, I don't know if that's more security. Something I, they, they could change the rules. Maybe put a minute on the clock after the game ends and let the players – leave and then you can storm the court and have a party do it do what you got to do but you don't want a situation where you see a caitlin clark or philip or one of these guys go down these are college stars you know what i mean and this is a business now they've already changed a lot of the rules of the college landscape whether it's the transfer uh, portal all these different rules are changing and evolving i'm not saying this has to too but like if we have athletes getting hurt something has to happen and football they have at least pads on and a helmet i hope to god someone runs over to that they're gonna they're not gonna get hurt in a basketball game, it's totally, you know, it's totally different, man. These guys' knees and joints are all vulnerable, and you've got a bunch of kids drunk running down onto the court. So uh, I'm not saying take it away. I'm saying let's, let's kind of see if we can maybe just put our brains together and come up with better options. And there's a lot of football stadiums that have 100,000 people in them that don't storm the field. So feels like we could probably find a way to limit in college basketball as well. Austin Rivers, ESPN NBA analyst. Thanks so much for your time, Austin. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you.
He was excellent. That was my first time, I believe, talking to Austin Rivers, <laughs> but certainly always excellent and excellent on the court storming discussion as well, which is a discussion that everybody's been having all day. Uh, Ian and I got into it a little bit earlier. We feel differently about court storming and what should be done, but we want to hear from you. How do you feel about court storming? Should any be anything be done? Should it be banned from college basketball? You can chime into the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will take your phone calls next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So Wake Forest beats Duke, storms the court. Kyle Filipowski gets hurt. The Duke star, the college basketball star, and now, of course, today, we're all having the court storming conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, if you want to chime into that conversation, 888-729-3776. Ian and I feel a bit differently about things. Ian, a bit more of a traditionalist when he comes to his college sports. I just think court storming so crazy, and I always have, though. This isn't something that's coming off of this Filipowski incident, frankly, or even the Caitlin Clark one. When we had Greg McDermott on last week after their huge win, Creighton's huge win over UConn we had on the Creighton head coach and this was obviously before I had any idea that this was going to be the topic du jour but I asked him about court storming because Creighton fans stormed the court after they beat UConn he's part of the winning team however he's there he's on the court I always wonder even if you're part of the winning team not just the opposing players or the opposing coaches what is it like to be in that situation? Because it looks certifiably insane to me. So here was my question last Thursday to Greg McDermott. Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I joked with the uh, the gentleman that kind of runs the arena. He had, he had some yellow rope out when I was leaving uh, uh, shooter on. I'm like, well, that's that's confidence. You know, I appreciate your confidence, <laughs> but uh, but you know, our, our our arena and our you know our event staff. Uh, did a did a phenomenal job making sure that the players were protected. Both our, you know, some of our guys obviously spilled into the 
uh, into the fund, but to make sure that UConn got off the floor without an incident and that, you know, nobody was run over. So, you know, we, we, we don't have court storms very often at our place, mostly because we're usually pretty good. And I think the last one was when we, when we want to share the Big East uh, title in 2020. Um, so our, our, our students don't get to do it a lot. So, you know, they really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a fun night and, you know, one that they'll never forget. No, I think it's crazy in every situation. I don't think it should happen, Ian, but I've been saying that for years. But they were Creighton did do Creighton did do a much better job than Wake Forest did, and that was McDermott's point before even this incident happened. Yeah, look, and this sports society we live in today, we want to change rules so quickly or ban something. Like in the NFL, Josh Allen didn't touch the ball in this remarkable overtime game against Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship. We have to change the overtime rules. No, you really don't. You know, I mean, and the handshake lines, let's get rid of them. Don't have to because a couple knuckleheads every three or four years get into it in a handshake line, and here we are with court storms. Look, I, I, and we want to get your thoughts on this because, I, look, I like them. I, I think that, that but there, there are parameters that should be put in place because, obviously, Creighton was ready for it. They're only – every team, every single team in, in, in college football or college basketball, you have a handful of games on your schedule where you might might be facing a field storm in college football or the court storm in college basketball. Be prepared. Creighton, you heard him talking about it, their director of stadium ops, getting ready just in case. Well, to your point, Wake Forest was on the damn court before the game was over with .1 seconds to go. I mean, so what they, they there was zero prep for that, zero. And, oh, by the way, another thing, when you're, when you're favored in a game, you're not allowed to storm the court. Wake Forest was favored by two and a half in that game to beat yeah, that's, Duke. It's ridiculous. Let me, I mean, that part I, I don't get, but look, I mean, there's so many things you can do. I mean, put put up on you know, have your PA announcer and put it up on the jumbotron. You know, you know, please let the student athletes. You know, and I hate calling them student athletes now because a lot of them make more than coaches do. You know, let them get off the court, or you have 20 cops, you know, or, or security people down on the floor holding you, holding the the, the fans and students back. For 30 seconds to let, you know, the opposing teams get off the floor. But, man, and I've seen people also blame Filipowski and Caitlin Clark, saying, well, they initiated contact. When Caitlin Clark got hit at, uh, at Ohio State on January 21st, those people are morons. I mean, you're going to blame the, the – that's like blaming a shark well, for biting you when you went in the ocean. There is this overhead video of Filipowski, like, looking like he's trying to trip a fan. So, like, he oh, wasn't anywhere near. Like, hell so why, no. Why are you doing that? So, I, I mean, no, that's. No. So, it, it does look like maybe, maybe he tried to trip a fan what? and then also flopped and then hurt himself oh, in that stop. scuffle. Stop. So, I, I understand. He's so, you're saying blaming the shark for biting the guy in the ocean. You're, you're blaming. It can be both, Ian. It can be both. When you have fans on the court, which is why I think it's so ridiculous, then you are inviting problems between fans and players. Those are two things that don't need to interact in that capacity. They just don't, particularly after a, a big loss like that. It stands to reason that Filipowski might have been frustrated coming off of a big loss where well, he sure was clearly embarrassed in that moment, and he's the face of that team, and then there's fans all around him far too happy. And so could I believe in that situation that he takes the onus on himself to, you know, start tripping people or whatever? Fine. Yes, that can absolutely happen. You're going to say those fans have it coming to them for being on the court and you're not entirely wrong. The problem is that this situation is even allowed to exist because then yes, you are asking for problems 
either way you cut it, right? When you're allowing players to go into the stands or fans to come down onto the court where the players are. Triple Eight say ESPN. We want to hear from you, though. What are your thoughts on court storming? Jose is calling us from Arizona. Jose, thanks for the call. What's your thoughts on court storming? Hey, thanks for having me. I really enjoy it. It's all—it's like a tradition. You got rivalries going. You get a buzzer beater at the end. However, maybe what if they do is just court storming designated to student section only. The sides are the only area that they can come in from. That way they know where you're coming in from and they can negate any anything else. You know what I mean? Just something like that. That's my opinion on it. Thanks that's, for the call, Jose. That's what? part of what you can do. I mean, there are th- I, I wouldn't ban it at all. I mean, because I mean, you're, you're going to take away from one of the most iconic moments in college basketball history, and Jim Valvano with all the fans on the court running around looking for somebody to hug. I mean, that's one of the most iconic videos we have in men's college basketball. I would not ban court storming. I know Bill Self's calling for it today in a great piece by Myron Metcalf on ESPN.com. John Shire, Duke head coach, is. Man, there are things like Jose just mentioned that you can put in place in order to protect the players and the coaches a heck of a lot more than they're doing right now because Wake didn't do a damn thing. Things change. People in the sport want this change. Things change. It was a great moment with Jimmy V. That will always be an iconic and legendary video. It doesn't necessarily mean that we need that same thing to occur in 2024. That's just the reality of how times change. But we want to hear from you, America. How do you feel about court storming? Do you want it to remain in college basketball? Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So lots of controversy over court storming coming off of Wake Forest's win over Duke, where Duke star Kyle Filipowski got injured from fans storming the court. He reportedly is still sore as of today, so his status remains questionable moving forward. Uh, he seems like he's probably going to end up being okay, but obviously it could have been much, much worse. And we had the Caitlin Clark incident earlier this year as well. So now this is all the rage and all the talk. Triple Eight, say ESPN, if you want to chime into the conversation. Ian and I feel very differently about this. I, I think that court storming is just absurd, frankly, that it's allowed from a liability perspective for everybody. I feel like, of course, somebody's going to get, of course, fans are going to get hurt, and of course, players are going to get hurt, and coaches and whatever, if you allow this to happen. Ian feels like, hey, it's part of the game. It's tradition. It's cool. He's been there for it. He feels strongly that fans should be able to do it. But how do you feel, America? 888-729-3776. Mordecai is calling us from North Carolina. Mordecai, thanks for the call again. Uh, How do you feel about court storming? Yeah, hey y'all. You know, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna call in about this, but you know, I just been hearing so many different things about it today. People in favor of it, and then trying to put. I'm first of all, I'm against it. People are making comments, trying to 
indicate that they want to put in this parameter and that parameter or clock, put the students in a separate uh, uh, stand location. That's that's all ridiculous. They need to ban it full stop. Fans do not belong on the court. And furthermore, the losing team, why should they have to be hustled off like rats after they gave their all to play a basketball game? They should be able to walk off the court with their heads held high without having to try to scurry off the court, court like rats. Ian, I'll Is let you done? respond to yeah, that. Yeah, one, don't lose. Uh, two, that's number one for the losing team. And number three, look, this is this is just part of the pageantry of college athletics. And can you make it safer? Absolutely you can. It's not that difficult. We've been talking about this for years. But anybody who's trying to blame Caitlin Clark for what happened on January 21st at Ohio State or Kyle Filipowski, what happened, you know, on over the weekend at Wake, I just don't get it. I mean, you know, the, 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 I, again, that's like blaming the shark for biting you when you were in the ocean. I mean, I, you, I, I, don't, I don't understand that at all. And I think as, as a sports society, I've said this before and I'll say it again, when something controversial happens, we want to, like, make a new rule or, or change a rule or make a new law or ban something. You know, whether it's the NFL with Josh Allen in overtime against the Chiefs a couple of years ago, all of a sudden we, now we have to change the overtime rule. Well, why? Because Josh Allen didn't get the ball? I mean, come on. Yes. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, and then, you know, and, and then, of course, we see what happened in the Super Bowl with the, uh, with, you know, with the new overtime rule. Handshake lines. Let's get rid of those because a few knuckleheads every three or four years want, want to, you know, you know, go at it. I mean, how about just being adults? You know, but as far as the, the – like, I've been a part of so many field storms uh, in, in my years as a field analyst and reporter for college and pro football. I, I can't even count them all. From going back to 2002 when Ohio State beat Michigan to go to the national championship, that was my first one. And they've happened so many times since at marquee programs, whether at Ohio State, at LSU, you know, the RG3 game at Baylor when he, when he hit Terrence Williams in the right corner of the end zone to beat Oklahoma. You know, my favorite one, when you're talking about safety, was two years ago, Alabama at LSU – Jaden Daniels, right corner of the end zone to Moss, two-point conversion. They win. I've got my 15-year-old daughter as my runner uh, for me on the field. And I just looked at it and went, hey, if they complete this, grab the back of my suit because we're going for a ride. And it was amazing. It was one of my favorite daddy-daughter moments with my daughter. And that moment ain't happening. There's a, I'm looking at a picture right now on my wall of my daughter and I on that field together. And it was awesome. And that for one second did I fear for my daughter's safety. And I'm watching LSU fans give Bryce Young, you know, double football fingers. He just walked into the Alabama locker room. So I think they would you have been shocked if Bryce Young had cold clocked somebody giving him a double middle finger? Like that's the situation that you're in. Bryce Young, yes, I would have been. When you're I like, been. Okay, well, you know what <laughs> I mean. He, though. He's such a good kid. I would be and actually shocked. The reason he shocked. doesn't is because also he's he's supposed to be the number one overall pick, and he knows that, and he's got a lot to lose and whatever. But the reality is that you're inviting problems when you're talking about high emotional well, situations with opposing players that just lost and are unbelievable frustrated because they just suffered an embarrassing loss as well. All right, we'll get back to phone calls coming up in just one second, but I also want to reiterate a point that we do agree on, that if this happened when Caitlin Clark's did, because Caitlin Clark is the best and most popular basketball player going right now in college hoop, men's or women's. I think we agree on that. She's the biggest name out there. 
She's a yeah. She's the face of college basketball. January twenty first. How much time do we spend talking about Caitlin Clark getting knocked in the gut by an Ohio State fan? Right, not much. We wouldn't be spending as much time on this if it happened during football season. It'd be half a but segment. But I also think half a segment. I, but I, I also think it's. Season. I think it's a conversation that should be had, frankly, because, again, I think it's ridiculous that this is allowed to happen. A part of that is the lawyer in me. I see liability problems all over the place. I think it's certifiably insane. Triple H say ESPN. Jerry is calling us from Phoenix. Jerry, thanks for the call. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous that this is allowed. You know, we. You know, I think this is really an extension of this entitlement that fans have of having access to players and having access to the court, like we see it in how they interact and how they talk to the place sometimes, being able to run on the court and really put all of their lives at danger, you know, their, their health at danger is just ridiculous that it absolutely needs to stop. And the gentleman that we're just talking about, it's the moment that he had with his daughter, it sounds great. We like to romanticize college sports in particular, but like that moment that you have with your daughter does not supersede the safety of those players or even their discomfort. You know, they're effectively at work. You have fans, customers, employees screaming in your face, disrupting, you know, just invading your workplace. You don't de- none of you deal with that in your workplace where having fans come on and berate you and yell in your face, like watching the players be subject to it. It's only happening in basketball, it only happens in football, and it's quite frankly it just needs to stop. Yeah, well, thanks for it, the it call, did, Jerry. It did not happen that night. And that one Alabama player got upset uh, and, and had any incident. And then when that, Tennessee stormed the field against Alabama a few weeks later, no Alabama players were hurt. The multiple times at LSU or Ohio State when I've had field storms, not, no players have ever been hurt. No fans but there were have hurt. Been- there have been incidents of players and fans being hurt before in football I'm and in basketball from, across sports. From, I mean, it's not like this is I've, exclusive to Filipowski. Yeah, well, he went talking about me and my experience with, with, with my daughter Rowan, and I'm just telling him that all the all the years I've done it, not one time have I been at a game where the field was stormed and somebody there was an incident. And I can't I emphasize mean, I, enough that if this happens during football season, we are not talking about court storms being banned. I mean, I've even seen fans when just trying to jump over those walls in college football to get down on the field. You've seen them tumble over and get hurt just doing that alone. Triple Eight State ESPN, Ronaldo is calling us from Houston. Ronaldo, thanks for your patience. What do you have? Uh, thank you, Amber and Ian. I'm, I live in Houston, but I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I graduated from Auburn. And you mentioned fans falling over in an attempt to, like, storm the field or the court. But as a parent, sometimes you have to think, what is your child going to do or what's going to happen to your kids? When, you know, these kids, you know, a lot of these kids, they they tailgate. And there's, you know, alcohol involved. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And you're certainly in a situation where you do have uh, some inebriated fans, I would imagine, (laughs) that are on that court. People keep pointing that out, Ian, which I think is a very fair point and also has made me realize, though, that I didn't drink nearly enough in college. (laughs) I'm with you. And look, I passed out on top of a tomb one night, and I I was never going that hard in all these games. Where (laughs) if if I were to have stormed a court or stormed a field, I know one thing: I'm not. I'm avoiding every athlete and every coach that I possibly can. Uh, if I would have, because that that is a big old no no, and and it's something else we have to emphasize. Wake did a horrific job in being prepared for this. There are only a handful of games 
on every schedule. And you heard Greg McDermott with us last week. We just played the clip for people, if you you are just tuning in, where he said that their ops team, their game ops, did a remarkable job being ready for a potential court storm if they beat number one UConn, which they did. And as he described it, it, it was no incidents. It was safe. It was perfect. Wake Forest came on the floor. The damn game wasn't even over yet. And you had fans on the court. That is on Wake. That's not on college basketball. I agree with you that it's on Wake. However, is it possible that Wake wasn't prepared because they were favorites? <laughs> I mean, at least part. Creighton beat UConn. UConn was number one. I mean, maybe Wake was like, hey, I didn't think we were going to storm this court, guys. Yeah, you were because, supposed you know, to win. Yeah, we should have because we're couple. favorites. If you're favored, you should never be allowed to storm, storm the court. court. That's embarrassing. I don't, I, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care how blue their blood is. You do not storm a court if hey. you're a favorite. Triple H, say ESPN. We're going to keep rolling with your with your phone calls. Do you have quick, something else? One, one quick one other note. If this also wasn't Duke, if this was Alabama State versus Navy, right, or you know Navy versus Colgate, oh, and and this happened to a, a midshipman or a Red Raider, are we really? Uh, is, is this again? Football season and Duke are the two big reasons why this is a national conversation right now. Well, and Filipowski, when you have a big star yeah. of Duke getting hurt, then there's there your you trifecta. Go. Uh, it's the perfect storm. Coming up next, we're going to roll along with your phone calls here. What are your thoughts on court storming? Chime into the conversation. Triple Eight, say ESPN. It's been all the talk today. Court storming in college basketball and the dangers associated with it. Triple H, say ESPN. I've been surprised so far with the phone calls. And we're going to get back to your phone calls in just one second. Thanks for your patience and for holding on. I've been surprised, Ian, because I feel like most people are on my side that they're against court storming. I thought that they were all going to be on your side because I thought that this was the fan perspective of. It's tradition. We got to keep it in sports because it's a cool moment. No, I, I know I'm in, in the minority on this. And I'll be honest, if they were to ban court storming and field storms, I don't, I don't care. Okay, go right ahead. I, I, just, I just enjoy the pageantry of it as long as it's done in a proper manner. And Wake Forest was grotesquely unprepared, meaning not at all, zero preparation for a potential court storm. Whereas Creighton playing number one UConn, we talked to Greg McDermott, head coach of the Blue Jays last week. They were, t- I mean, he's running into his director of stadium security, his director of uh, stadium ops, and they're preparing for it that morning just in case. Mm-hmm. He, he's joked about it going, hey, a little optimistic, aren't you, man? We're playing number one, right? But if you put you know, certain things in place, you can, it, you can still have the pageantry of it. But I knew I was in the minority on this one, I mean, without a doubt, because the society we live in today, when something happens, our reaction is make a new rule, make a new law, ban it. And I think it's, it's sometimes just an overreaction. Well, let's see if people continue to agree with me or with you here. Triple H, say ESPN. Vince is calling us from Ohio. Vince, thanks for your patience. What do you have for us? Yeah, um, you know, first of all, I really think uh, court storming is really just stupid. I mean, first and foremost, you run out there on the court, then uh, you just realize, hey, I'm on the court. 
like, what do you do now? You <laughs> go back to your seats, but but or or leave the arena. It's just the weirdest thing ever for me. But I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with it. I think yeah, that's if it's a possibility to happen. There should be precautions. These universities and the athletic departments make enough money to have the proper security in place um, to be able to control it. Secondly, how do you ban it? You, you can't make it against the law. I mean, what happens? What is a ban? They're actually storming the court because it's really uh, kind of like the not normal thing to do. So it's not something that's expected. So even if you ban it, that's not like they're not going to do it. That's the whole kind of excitement of it all running onto the court when you're not really supposed to. So I, I just don't see that this should be a serious conversation. Look at the statistics over time that this has happened. How many people have really been hurt um, from court storming? Heck, people climbed the goalposts and the goalposts fell down. Nobody's talking about any injuries to those students in that particular scenario, which is one of the more iconic moments in sports as well. So, yeah, I just think that this is an overreaction on 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 the, the parts of the administration thanks vince i appreciate the call I, I would push back a little bit on not being able to make it illegal i mean they can make it so that they're pressing charges on students or on fans if they storm the court right they could institute all sorts of penalties legal and in terms of if you're a student at the university suspension or, or anything like that as well so yeah there are things that can be done also I, I push back ian on this idea and i keep hearing it like vince just echoed it as well i keep hearing it today that nothing can be you're not going to be able to stop it and again there are all sorts of schools that stop it. I mean, also, I mean, I mentioned my Florida Gators have only done it once since 1986. It was in 2022. And frankly, it was stupid because the students stormed the court and then like didn't know what to do with themselves because of course they didn't because they hadn't done it there since 1986. So I was like, we're on, we're on the court. Like, what are we supposed to do now? Florida football has never, ever, ever, ever in the history of the Florida Gators program stormed the court. You went to Alabama, University of Alabama, and football has never, ever, ever stormed the field. These are things that are prevented with 100,000 people in the stands. You absolutely can prevent it. And obviously, it doesn't happen in the NBA. But when Joe Burrow was a quarterback at LSU, I was there for a field storm in his last game at LSU. I mean, you look at... You know, Jaden Daniels two years ago when they beat Alabama in overtime. I was there for that one. They stormed the court. Ohio State uh, multiple times. Now, that's a perennial power uh, going back to 2009. Uh, uh, yeah, two, 2002 yeah, I the mean, first time. Yeah, I mean, it happens places. Yeah, I mean, but it, it also happens all the time. Places, is so, my point. There's other, there's, there are other places that uh, also uh, are able to stop this. Yeah, look, again, going back to just last week when Coach McDermott told us, you know, they, they were ready. There's a handful of games, and Wake was not ready, and Wake, you were favored. You had no business storming the damn court, first of all. And on Wake's administration, you should have parameters in place. I mean, you should. I mean, Creighton did. You didn't, and you're in the ACC. T. T has been patient. He's calling us from Connecticut. T, thanks for the call. What do you have on court storming? Oh, did T get impatient right at the end there? T had hung on so long. All right. Uh, Michael. Michael is calling us from Scottsdale. Michael, thanks for the call. What do you have on court storming? Well, I think I parrot what others have already said. I, If you look at a percentage of people that have actually been hurt or real incidents in the last four decades, Ron Artest in the NBA, I mean, I think of Reggie Jackson, in Yankee Stadium going back in the, almost, I think, the 70s as a percentage 
it's it's in the millionth of a percentage. It 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 never exists. And secondly, and more importantly, how do you really ban it when thousands of people want to go onto the stands? You say it can happen, but the infrastructure, time, and money you need to implement that at smaller schools would be very challenging. And you can hardly arrest people nowadays for looting and doing real crimes, let alone walking <laughs> onto a basketball court. So that, that's pretty you good. Know, that's, that's, I mean, that last part kind of cracks I, me I just up. Want, I, I want to push back, though, on this idea because we keep hearing from callers that, like, nobody's been injured, right? Or, like, you know, it happens so rarely. So few people. I mean, there are incidents over time, like, all throughout time. Right? What is it, like, 30 years ago in a game with Michigan and Wisconsin, 10 people were unconscious and found not breathing, and it was very lucky that nobody actually died from that court storming incident. Like, there has been times over it throughout sports history where there have been some seriously scary things from field storming and court storming. So this idea that it's never been serious and that it's all been okay is, is in my opinion, uh, a uh, not not a proper idea. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, it's being they're, understated. They're, I understand I, some of this is being overstated. That's being understated. I completely agree with that that part, Amber. No doubt. And look again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. If you want to ban it, go right ahead. It's, it's no sweat off my back. I just think it's part of the pageantry of of college athletics. But there are safety protocols that can be put in place that weren't put in place for Wake Forest, and uh, and that that was. I mean, they were on the floor before the damn game was over. I mean, that was grotesque mismanagement by the administration there at Wake. And because if, I, if anything was put in place by that student section, which is, you know, by the baselines, we're not talking about this today. It I can't happen. tell you how. Right. I can't tell you how many articles I'm finding from over the years of court storming is dangerous. It, it needs to be stopped. The NCAA needs to step in and do something about it. I'm finding so many articles from so many years. Nothing's been done about it. And Jay Billis said today, if they really wanted to stop it, they would stop it. And maybe he has a point. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, the focus has been on court storming. But how important was Saturday's win for Wake Forest in their tournament chances? We'll get into that. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 